Good morning, truth. Today's message kind of piggybacks off of yesterday's message on faith versus belief. And it may be just me, quite possibly it could be, but aren't you all just sick and tired of all of this foolishness that we're having to contend with in the world? The biggest thing I believe is causing so much frustration and stress is all of this talk about the onset of a depression. Please, 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 somebody help me. Tell me this. Why are those who claim to be in a relationship with God worried about depression? If prices go up, is our God not able to increase our income and increase his favor to cover the difference? I'm telling you, we have God looking and shaking his head at us amazed at how quickly We allow the world and unbelievers and situations to prompt us to question him, to prompt us to lose faith in him. Why is it we are so enthralled with the word depression? Depressions have been occurring since biblical days. They were called famines. But after every famine, those who walked with faith in God came through those days of famine better than when they went in because it's in the times of famine. It's in the times of depression when more prayers are lifted. When we are in a place when all we can do is put our faith and our trust in God. Now globally, we just came through a pandemic. And although many lives were lost in this country and around the world, citizens of this nation, if truth be told, didn't rely on God to pull them through. They didn't rely on God for their provisions. They leaned on the government for all kinds of stimulus provisions. And it's blatantly clear that we were not dependent on God because through all that we went through in this nation, not one renowned religious leader called for a day of prayer. So no, we weren't depending on God. We were depending on everything but God in the midst of a pandemic. And now you're surprised and you're disgruntled because now we're looking at the face of depression. During the time of King Ahab, scriptures tell us that the famine was severe. Read your Bibles, 1 King 18, read your Bibles. It's no coincidence though, that Ahab had set up an altar where he was worshiping false gods. And God had been crystal clear concerning his law, which says if they served first false gods, then there would be a famine in the land. If they served false gods, then there would be a famine in the land. Ahab, like this nation, bowed to false gods, and God allowed a famine to plague the land during the reign of Ahab and Jezebel. And they should have not been surprised at all. Just like we should not be surprised at all if we know the word of God. Depression and famine, you know what it does? It levels the playing fields. The weak get weaker and the rich get richer. And those caught in between either 
use their faith and wisdom to work for them or they buckle under the pressure and spiritually and or physically die. We are so rattled by today's economy because we are so disconnected from the word of God. And when we do decide to pick up the word of God, we want to hear about the promises of God. You know, the things that make us warm and fuzzy while ignoring that every promise is undergirded by a principle and that God not only made promises, but he also gave prophecy. In Matthew 24 and seven, the scripture reads, for nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes. We experienced one in Georgia the other day. In diverse places. We know the word of God is true because we are living proof of this prophecy unfolding right before our eyes. Why are you surprised? Newsflash. If we're going into a depression, it will not be the first and it will not be the last. And none that we endure will ever be worse than the famines they endured in biblical times. So why let the media, the politicians and unbelievers who have no faith in God or his word determine our mindsets and control the temperature of our stress levels? And just another sidebar, we need to reflect back to the Garden of Eden. I always say that everything, an answer, a lesson can always be found in the Garden of Eden. And we need to recognize this lesson in the story. When we step outside of faith in God and walk in disobedience to his word, embracing sin, never recognizing that every sin that we commit will suffer consequences. But see, we like Adam and Eve, rather than repenting to God for our sins, we as a nation, just like Adam and Eve, seek to justify our wrongs by finding someone to blame. See, in the garden, Eve blamed the serpent and Adam blamed Eve. And God was displeased with them both and their unwillingness to take responsibility for their wrongs. They chose to blame each other. Repentance never crossed their minds, nor did asking God for a solution to this problem that they found before them. Never dawned on them. I urge you today, don't buy into systems of blame. It leads to an ugly, ungodly path, and it leaves a terrible distaste in the mouth of God. There are those who want to blame the president for everything. The president is not your God. The government is not your God. Let's say he's guilty of everything accused of. Now what? See, that is the problem with blamers. They are, only, they are only good for pointing fingers. 
unable to focus or compliment anything in regards to efforts. They don't bring resolutions. They don't even bring common sense to the equation. Now, if you know how the government works, you know for the president to do anything, it has to be voted on and passed the house and it's the very ones blaming and causing discord who are voting against the actual resolution. Then please know I am not supporting either political party because both political parties are filled with imperfected people and imperfected principles. But we allow ourselves to get caught up in the spirit of discord despite the word of God which lets us know under no uncertain terms that he will bless the peacemakers. That's what I'm standing on. I'm standing on being a peacemaker. Because God says it is the peacemakers that will call, be called the children of God. Read it for yourself. Matthew 5. Read it. Read the whole chapter. And understand that there is no need for peacemakers in the midst of peace. God wants to bless those who can exalt peace in the midst of turmoil. Those are the ones he deems worthy to lead. Those are the ones that he call his children. Those are the ones he has given dominion to. Whether it's Biden, Bush, Reagan, Kennedy, or even Obama in the White House, the president is charged to strategize, present his plans to the House, and then announce the decisions made according to the votes of the House. Now that is our government. Use your common sense when making claims against our government on either side. And trust, you don't want to live in a country where executive privilege is used casually or frequently because then we will be slipping down a slope of dictatorship. But back to our economy. My college-aged daughter was earning good money delivering groceries for one of those renowned apps. And they did something in regards to revamping the app and she was complaining because all of the other drivers and herself was complaining about somehow whatever they did impacted the drivers and now they were getting half of the orders that they normally would. She was so upset and crying and, and not knowing how this, she was going to do some of the things that she had planned out and I listened. I let her get it all out. And then I reminded her of the things that she needed to be grateful for, like the roof over her head and the car that she was driving and, and the food that was overflowing between the refrigerator and two freezers. And then I proceeded to ask her if she believed in God and if she had faith in him. And she answered both those questions with a resounding yes. And I proceeded to remind her that it's easy, very, very easy to boast about your faith in God when everything is going your way. But it's when things get tough, when the numbers don't add up, that really determines where you are concerning a sincere faith in God. 
See, because a faith that can't be tested can't be trusted. I went on to advise her to keep focusing and professing who's in control and keep praying to God about her concerns. And I'm not so sure, but in all honesty, (laughs) I'm sure this was not what she wanted to hear because my children, like some of yours, they just want mom to fix it. All of that other stuff that's real good. Mom, I'm so glad that you were passed and all that, but can you fix this? But we have to allow them to go through the little things so that they can see the evidence of God working in their life. Because once they're able to see God move in their life, they're able to build up faith so that they can handle the big things that you can't. Now, about 10 days after all of this occurred, she found a job, a part-time job, that actually paid more than she had ever made delivering groceries. And they were willing to work around her school schedule as well. But that's not the kicker. About a week after that is when gas prices started going crazy. See, God recognizes and knows things that we don't. And sometimes he shifts things to prepare us for what he knows is about to happen. But we get so focused and we become so tied up in what we're missing and about our comfortability levels being disrupted. I'm here to tell you this morning that we need to stop focusing on the dangling of the depression carrot that Satan wants to distract us with. Why do I say that Satan wants us to be distracted by the dangling carrot of depression? Because anything that tempts us to question our faith or to lean totally on the faith that we have in God, anything that compromises that, it certainly isn't from God. And there's only two sides to this spiritual realm. God, your father, is rich in houses and land, and he holds all power in his hands, able to supply your every need. And here's an announcement, he's not a deadbeat dad. In the midst of turmoil and stress, I'm telling you, we have to be careful what we ask for, because it's at our lowest point when Satan goes to work with his plan of derailment. Now some want the president to basically demand the oil companies to lower their prices. That's not a good idea. Think about this. Do you really want to live under the rule of a government whereby the government can dictate the maximum amount a business can charge for their products or services? I know as a citizen, as an entrepreneur, I don't. The word of God tells us not to be anxious about anything. And the reason why is because anxiousness will make us make long-term decisions based on temporary situations. Even if we're facing depression, 
Even if it lasts a year, even if it lasts two years, it won't last forever. And God is still God. In Matthew 8, 18 and 15, the word of God tells us how to deal with conflict and disagreement as it reads, if your brother or sister sins against you, point out their fault between just the two of you. As citizens, our beef is with the oil company. So stop looking for a patsy to address what you should be addressing. We need to address them directly, either through boycotts or petitioning to lower their prices. But no one is saying this because this requires sacrifice of time. It requires that we put the work in and, and that we exert some effort when it's easier to just sit back, point fingers and blame. I'm telling you, shy away from blamers because they will never have solutions. Blamers are just instruments used to distract and cause all those who will listen to retract, which is unproductive and ungodly. While we're all up in arms about the onset of a depression and gas prices, neither of these things are the true famine we are actually dealing with today. In Amos chapter 8, verse 11, the scripture reads, Behold, the days are coming when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the word of God. In other words, the true lack, the real suffering that we are enduring is the scarcity of truth. The scarcity of truth being exalted and embraced. No one speaking it, and it's easier for us to embrace everything but the truth. Because truth causes us to take accountability. Truth causes us to move when we don't want to move. Truth causes us to embrace uncomfortability when we want to just stay in our places of comfort. You know, all of you know that I say this over and over and over and over again. Do not be so beholden to people. They're imperfect. They weren't designed to be perfect. They shouldn't be perfect. They should never even try to be perfect. But do not be so beholden to imperfect people, be they your friends, your colleagues, your relatives, your team members, or your political groups, that you become desensitized to common sense, desensitized to truth, desensitized to the righteousness of God. Remember, when you start your day with truth, blessings throughout the remainder of the day is inevitable. There's nothing that happens in this world that catches you by surprise. <laughs> 
nothing that happens in our everyday lives that catches you by surprise you're in control you're in control you're in control you're the sovereign Lord our King and we worship you Worship you tonight, Jesus. Sovereign God, Sovereign King, I trust in you, I trust in you. Sovereign God, Sovereign King, I trust in you, I trust in you. Come on. Sovereign God, Sovereign King. Control. 